Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money and real estate. This is Real Nerds Podcast. And we are part of Denver Westward's top 10 most nerdtastic podcasts in Denver. I am Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach and Henry. Yeah. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw Uncut Gems, the new one from <gasps> Whoop-a-dee-doo, Adam Sandler. Um he doesn't do that at all in this movie. Um, I was really surprised when Kevin James popped up and was like, I need you to spend all my money. Yeah. <laughs> so. on, on a segue. I, I really like the Rob Schneider cameo where he came in as a degenerate junkie. No, no. He came in at when they were gambling and he was about to win the bet. And he's like, you can do it. Oh, that's yeah. right. They're right. The, the junkie was Norm MacDonald. That's yeah. right. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll uh, talk about it. I wish yeah, the director was named whoop did he do I will tell you if you should see the film, play the trailer, and then um, we will spoil the film because there are actually spoilers in this movie. Um, uh, we also talk about movies that are coming out, movies we've been watching, and Blu-rays that are being released. And just a friendly reminder, next week is Film Explosion, so make sure you send us your films so we can share them on the air. Um, uh, where we count down our 10 favorite films from 2019, always our most popular and longest episode of the year. So it should be fun. All my selections are Cats. I know. It wouldn't surprise Spo- me. Spoiler alert. Come on, man. We have a troll in our own freaking podcast, no, and it's freaking no. Zach. No, I'm not. No, I'm I've curious. already proven this where you're like, uh, I like these movies. Then you go on your letterbox, and it's not the same like uh, uh, list. list at all. Like, they're all jumbled up. And I go, you can create your list just to annoy people. That's what I think. I'm no. just curious what your number seven is this year, because always your number seven, that's the bad one. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it starts. And so We'll see. <laughs> No, Remember not. that, podcast listeners. Next week, when Zach says his number seven is probably fucking Endgame, <laughs> we will see what happens. And so, and it'll be uh, some French documentary where he's like, uh, you know, this really spoke to me as a filmmaker from Golden Radio from the French years. A lot of Golden Radio from the French years isn't known. Uh, 
You know, I mean, everyone knows American Golden Radio. Uh, Jack Benny, he was on Golden Radio in America. But the French really had their uh, Jacques Benet, and he was uh, he was really good. It'd be Jacques Benoit. <laughs> yeah, ja- Jacques Benoit. Oh, my God. That would have been a great character for me I do not play, play the violin. <laughs> I play the cello. <laughs> hey, you know the instrument he plays. Oh, I'm teaching you well. Um, and it's Golden Age Radio, you jerk. Um, <laughs> Thank nah, you for no, proving I, our point. You know, what, <laughs> yes. you, you know what I need to do, though? I, I've got 42 films on my top list right now. I need to start looking into more films that I like. I want you to let... I was I, trying to do a top 100. Just but. in case you... It, the Film Explosion is 10 films, Zach. So, you know. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I meant for Letterboxd. No, oh, okay. no, no. Film Explosion <laughs> is only a top 10 this year. Don't worry. Yeah. So I, I won uh, fantasy football this year, mm, nice. and I really was going to get, um, you know, the Mortal Kombat mini arcade thing, and uh, so I I got my fantasy football winnings, and uh, I kept on teasing my wife. I said, I'm going to go get that, and she said, okay, and I said, well, well, you don't think I should get it? And she said, I'm not telling you not to get it. So did you get it? No. <laughs> yeah, no. That's but a tra- it's a trap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think she would actually care that much, but her tone suggested that it'd be a long, like, week. Um, so I. So what did you buy her instead? <laughs> I didn't buy her anything. Because <laughs> here's the thing is I don't buy stuff for my wife uh, just randomly because so I'll, I'll tell you a story this uh, before we get to the podcast. So my wife wanted a coffee maker and she likes tea as well. Mm-hmm. So for one Christmas, I got her a Cuisinart uh one side it would keep hot water for tea. The other side was coffee, and you could set it to. You want it strong. You want it. It's a oh, really. Wow. It was like a hundred and like ninety dollars. And uh, so we bought our house, and uh, we were moving. And so Laura didn't want to bring some of our old furniture to the house. She wanted to buy new stuff. I was like, okay. And so she would put it on Let Go, and uh, she said, Hey, somebody's coming by to pick up some stuff from Let Go. I might be at work. I was like, All right, whatever. I don't care. So I get my gun and I'm just waiting for someone else. Um, so uh, this lady shows up. She's like, oh, I'm here for the coffee pot. Ooh. Laura sold it for $12. What the fuck? Not done. And now in our house, we have a Hello Kitty one that she got from Spencer's or I don't know where. And it was like twenty nine ninety nine. Wow. So when people are like, oh, you're such a jerk. You don't get your wife stuff. There's a reason why I don't get her certain things. Huge waste of time. So now I tell her she has to give me a list on Amazon, and I'll tell you how I Christmas shop. I'm, okay, for people listening at home, I hold out my phone, and I go on her list, and I go, buy, 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 and I just buy her list because it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Because I did get her, like, uh, <laughs> I got her a Fitbit, um, and uh, it was, like, two days before Christmas, and she's walking around the house. I said, what are you looking for? She's like, have you seen my watch? Where's my watch? And Kellen comes up to see. He says, don't worry, Mommy. We got you a new one. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. Merry Christmas. Um, so, you should get her uh, Peloton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should. Uh, but anyways, uh, this, this long story is um, I – so I said, okay, well, then I, I told her. I said, well, I'm going to get Spider-Man comics I want. And she said, okay. Well, she doesn't care about that because her, you know – was a fucking comic. I already have boxes of them. Yeah. Yeah. They can um, always be hidden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why, cause even though it's a mini arcade, they're still only like, they're three quarters of size. So I still think they're like four feet tall. It's still, and yeah. I've been to your house. I don't know where you would put it. I, I would put it in the guest bedroom. Mm. Um, but, uh, but also justifying $300 for like three mortal Kombat games. is like really hard to yeah. justify. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I could do not it. even new. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I could justify it. I'm just it's saying. really a hundred dollars per game, and if you break it down to a dollar an hour, that's if you are easily playing a hundred hours yeah. of each game. Oh, so. I'll, I'll tell you how pathetic my life is in a second about Mortal Kombat too. So, anyways, so um, mycomicshop.com is this uh, comic store in Texas, and they have every comic. I mean, they even have. Uh, Detective Twenty Seven on their website. Wow, not together, but like you, can, like you can get the cover for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> what? And it's it's CGC graded at one point for yeah. So it's, it's just like the cover. It's just the cover. <laughs> and you, I was like, nope. Do you think they show like a cutout? Sell a cutout of Batman's face for a thousand? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, sometimes they don't have the covers. Like there's there's a page from Amazing Fantasy Fifteen Spidey's first appearance. They want like four grand for it. Jesus like, Christ! But uh, my Mine's you, you're buying it for the cover because you, you're, you're, gonna not gonna, you're not going to yeah. re- you're not going to read it. You know you, you can get reprints for that shit. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so they do auctions every once in a while, and I'm only missing uh, one Green Goblin comic, and it's his second appearance. Uh, Amazing seventeen. Um, three years ago, I got his first appearance because the dude at my comic shop is a rock star, and he got a huge collection in, and um, so the first appearance of Green Goblin is like a four thousand five thousand dollar book. Um, but someone cut out in the letter page, they cut out the Spider-Man logo. Uh-huh. doesn't affect the story, um, but it's not really a complete book. And, uh, and someone wrote like Mick on the cover and 10 cents and grease pin. What, they hate Again, Irish people? <laughs> no. Again, like that doesn't really detract from books that old very often. Cause a lot of times, uh, five and dime stores would write 10 cents. Hmm. Yeah. Marked down from 12 cents to get rid of the fucking comic. Right. Um, so he's, he sold me the first appearance of the Green Goblin for $100, which wow. even when it's missing that, I still think it's like a seven to $800 comic. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, I was looking at their auctions, and they had the second appearance of the Green Goblin. And I told Laura, I said, well, I'm going to take my fantasy football winnings. I'm going to just put in, like, I put in $100. I said, because yeah. um, right it was like three days left, and it was at $12. Like, I'm going to wow. put in 100 bucks. Yeah. And... You know, whatever. I mean, the second appearance of him isn't as much, but it's still like a four to five hundred dollar comic. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. And I fucking won it. Like uh, people kept on jacking it up, so it ended up costing me sixty four dollars. Really? Wow. So that's not that's bad. Pretty, that's it's like good. a three point oh. You yeah. know. Yeah. So I know my Green Goblin collection is complete. Beautiful. Um, yeah. We're gonna start collecting now. Oh no, I'll still collect Green Goblin stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they they had this. Uh, um, the, there's a new comic book guy at our store that brad and i go to Uh, no his name is brandon he's a nice guy okay but he doesn't understand me yet and um in so much that andrew was there for six seven years yeah he knows your taste and so if any spider-man book came out he'd put it in my hold slot yeah if any green goblin was on the cover of something he put it in my hold slot Mm -hmm. if gwen stacy was on something he put it in my hold slot he knew you he knew me yeah Yeah. and so like i love sal basuma my favorite spider-man artist ever and uh Again, this is how fucking lucky I am. He called me when I was at Walmart one day and said, Frost, I got something that you're really going to want. I said, okay. He said, I have an original Sal Basuma Spider-Man page from Spectacular Spider-Man. Can't remember. He's fighting a hillbilly in it. His name's Manjo. He says, and Spider-Man's only in one panel. Um, and usually original art, they base it on like what characters are in the panels. Right. Um, I said, okay. I said, how much do you want for it? Because... This is a 35-year-old comic from a comic book legend who this is the only one that exists. You know, it's very it's pretty rare. And um, he said, I don't know, $100? Sold. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he knows me. So the new guy, he's nice, 
but he doesn't know me. Yeah. Um, so I've had to educate him. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like bullying him sometimes because I really wanted this um, Spider-Man and Thing team up where it's the death of Thanos and it's like it's pretty old, but and it's a really hard comic to find. Like Thanos is picking up Spider-Man and the things on the bottom going, no. Um, and he had it for 70 bucks. And I go, dude, I said, near mint, that comic's like $60. You have it in fine. Is that negotiable? He's like, well, how much do you want to pay for it? I'm like, I don't know, like 40 like, Okay. <laughs> I so mean, I don't know if he's like like negotiating with me or he's afraid of me yet. I mean, I think it was a little bit much to like wedgie him on your way out and then throw him into a locker. But like, <laughs> I think yeah, but, that's, yeah, that's what for. I do. But I did find this sweet Jaws 2 adaptation. <laughs> and then I, it was like $10. And I looked it up on Key Comic Collector. It's an app. And it's selling for like a hundred bucks. Wow. It's hard to find. And it's not very good. Mm. It's funny because they'll, they'll have like a panel that says, and then the shark was swimming through the water looking for its next victim. But the, the art's pretty cool because it's the shark eating people. So I'm like, yeah, this is fun. There's like, you know, blood and guts in it. Didn't expect it. <laughs> you can read the narration like Jacques Cousteau and then the yeah. shark went through the shark. water. <laughs> How long do you think it'll be men before? Went in? How long do you think it'll be before we get a new Jaws film? Like know. reboot or sequel or Spielberg like that. dies. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Wait, so I was thinking about that about some other movie, uh, E. T. E. T. Yeah, because my mom thought that Comcast commercial was a trailer for a new E. T. movie. Everybody yeah. loves that commercial. Yeah, but I don't. That won't happen. No, I mean, it's not no, even no, really no. his I property. So. I, I, I see Jaws happening way before E. T. Because they oh, actually yeah. made sequels to Jaws, is, and so they make sequels to blockbusters. Yeah, is, well, I guess E. T. Is E. T. His though? Because isn't it Amblin? It is Amblin. Well, Melissa Matheson? Melissa Matheson oh, wrote it. Had it. Yeah, oh, okay, created okay, 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 it. I get yeah. what you're saying. Um, no, what happens is Spielberg dies. George Lucas is still alive, and he just goes, my chance to shine. I'm going to remake your shit, Steven. I guarantee you that Steven Spielberg will last <laughs> no. long. Well, I guess Jaws is Peter Benchley's work, too. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter, George Lucas feels like he's... But can you... Yeah. I don't know if you can tell that story differently. Jaws or Jaws. GT? They did. It what? was called The Meg. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think I think <laughs> I can I can see them just like like changing the characters but doing the same story. Sure, kind of thing. sure, yeah. yeah. Definitely told I'm not saying it'll be good. I'm just saying it's inevitable. Would you so. have to show the shark more though? With the... oh, they're going to show the shark more. Yeah. Don't worry, like yeah. that's inevitable. Computers so. and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'd say they maybe one more generation. Yeah, they'll they'll feel like it's irrelevant. Yeah, and then true. they'll reboot it. Yeah. Martin Scorsese's Jaws. Scorsese's Once uh, Avatar releases those 3D glasses, yeah, 3D glassesless movies. Then yeah. they'll be like, let's make everything 3D. Do you think, because James Cameron, this is, there's like no news this week. James Cameron is saying that Avatar 2 is going to pass Avengers Endgame. Do you think Avatar has built up enough goodwill that 20 years after the first one came out? I, I mean, it's going to be like 15, but that people will go out and see it in droves? I mean, if you look at the internet, the answer is no, but who knows what people outside of the internet actually think. I'm just well, curious, because I well, know no, Disney's yeah. betting heavy on it. What I think is going to happen is, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be goodwill, I don't think it's people going to be seeing, I don't think it's going to be telling people seeing it. I think there's going to be some kind of new technology involved with it that's going to mm-hmm. jack the price up, and that's how they're going to do it. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. be like some kind of VR type thing, and it's going to be $50 a ticket, and, the, and everyone's going to go see it, because it'll be the first big VR film. Mm-hmm. And that's how they're going to get it. You also got to look at its worldwide total. Like, I think two-thirds of it is foreign it grosses. Is, yeah. So it's there's something about it that universally appeals, appeals yeah. to people who don't I mean, speak English. It, it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I looked at the breakdown. Um, Endgame made something like $300 more million dollars in China. Yeah. And it still barely beat it. And, I mean, movies going has changed because now, I mean, if you, even if you release it in December, I mean... 
they already have Rise of Skywalker, you know, street dated for home viewing on like, yeah. March. And I'm pretty sure the first Avatar was in theaters for almost a year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so has that changed? I don't know. I, I, I'm just curious because... Plus I Avatar had that benefit of like it was one of the first 3D yeah. blockbusters. There was a great article. Where did I read that? Where it talks about why Avatar it was the renaissance of 3D and then why the movies immediately following it crushed 3D. And because they did that quick conversion, and yeah. it is a really, it, I think it had been Variety or Hollywood Reporter, but it was a really interesting article. It would make sense. Yeah, I mean, spoiled it. I mean, with the, the half ass 3D. The peak of it outside of Avatar was Jackass 3D. So I'm not joking. No, that but, is a great you, 3D. But, film. Oh yeah. But the, but then you see something at like Endgame, and the depth in that film is incredible in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like I saw a Sky, uh, Rise of Skywalker in 3D this week, and that was even that was really good too. Yeah. So. Did, like, yeah. I, it might have been my position because I, I yeah. was like unimpressed. No, I, I, mean, I w- there was no like whoa, the <laughs> yeah. lightsaber. But like, I thought it was impressive the depth of it at least. And so, well, you know, in Endgame, right away when it's Hawkeye and he's with his daughter and they're shooting arrows, like the whole ground like would come out, and uh, it, was, it was just impressive. So yeah. I was just curious. I'm trying to think of the last good 3D movie I would have seen, and I can't remember. I don't know. No. Anyways, Brad, you want to take us around town? Sure. This week at the Esquire, uh, the midnight movie is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so I'll see you there. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Did I tell you my favorite scene? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love the weasels. Um, you know what happens when you can't stop laughing? Time to kill the rabbit. I was reading an interview. You might have talked about this last week, but I read an interview where apparently they offered the lead role to Eddie Murphy at first, and he rejected that it. That makes sense. They offered him a lot of shit. And he and, and like he said, like that's one of the films that he like like really wishes he took. But I feel like that would have been a very different film. Oh, very, oh yeah. he like, would have stolen he, the spot. He would have played all the characters. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's a good actor, but I think you know. I think he'd be. Yeah, I think it would have been a little too much for that yeah. role. Yeah, he'd take away where Bob Hoskins is just like. You know, it's yeah. he, he's great in the movie. Yeah, but he understands it more. Where he, he I think, obviously, I think he's a better actor. He's, but. It would have been like watching two Roger Rabbits on yeah. the screen at the same right. time. Because yeah. like Eddie Murphy can't really play the straight man. I think like, yeah. now he can. I think we well, can now. Yeah. But I think back, back at, then, in the height yeah. of like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, you're maybe, right. Because yeah. you know, and if he did, people would have been like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I mean, Dolomite is my name is awesome yeah. no it's great yeah. and, and he's so good in it but that seems like kind of tailor-made for him yeah yeah it is where it's basically he's just being his stand-up act and rhyming yeah yeah <laughs> it will it with with hoskins like he wasn't like a big 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 ultra big name actor but he's like big enough to be able to sell it on a marquee but also to not compete with the cartoon characters yeah. i mean i think he's a super actor but that's just no yeah yeah that's but great. like but are you paying him like tom cruise money at that's that that's a that's a mario reference oh okay oh <laughs> gotcha because he did that movie that one time with legozama yeah princess daisy that's why legozama not very good oh yeah. we got to get to this time. plumbing job in 30 minutes or we lose it <laughs> Why is that on Blu-ray? Like that just sounds like a Shout Select title. It is in in Britain. Mm. Oh. Mm. I don't know why they won't give it to us. Yeah, fuckers. Must have done really well over well, there. Well, you know they do have the animated one coming out next year, so maybe it'll, it's not uh, the same. And by next year, <laughs> I mean twenty twenty one. The twentieth anniversary of it would be in twenty twenty three, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, then maybe that's the time, guys. Well, I mean, and if not, no, then you want to get it when never. the awareness <laughs> is hot. So. Oh, I guess you were saying like yeah. paired with it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Hopefully by then it'll just go straight to 4K, which would be nice. I think a steelbook of just like the uh, coin question mark would be awesome. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Why am I in charge? Dude, I can make so many cool decisions. It's a Disney film, so you got to talk to them. Fucking Disney. <laughs> Always ruining shit. I love Disney. With our luck, we'll just go straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, oh, probably. Wait, they put Saludos Amigos on, on Blu-ray. I love Disney. <laughs> I do have that on Blu-ray. Yeah, I know you do. I'm jelly. So yeah, that's what's going on around town. Nice. nice. Movie news. It's real news. Yeah, as Ryan said, there's yeah, virtually nothing. Um, right now. We had two people die. I'll um, bring them up. Uh, Neil Ennis, a uh, musician who worked for yeah, Monty Python. and uh, the What? No, that's an I didn't hear you, so. The <laughs> um, uh, musician who wrote things for Monty Python, amongst them, uh, a majority of the score and songs for Holy Grail passed away at the age of 75. Um, yeah, man, like I had a lot of laughs with his work. <laughs> Um, and then uh, one of the visionary conceptual artists uh, of our era, Sid Mead, died, and he mm. was he worked on Tron. Blade, and Runner, Blade Runner, right? Yeah. So he will be missed. Um, when I work, I feel like I miss like so much going on. Yeah, but you catch stuff every so often. Yeah. And also that these two just happened today. So yeah. um, I there was a trailer that came out uh, for ESPN's doing another one of their super long doc series. And this one's on Michael Jordan and the 97, 98 uh, season uh, with the Chicago bulls. Apparently lost seven games. I think in that, in that particular season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm clueless about that particular. And one of their losses was to the Denver nuggets and the Denver nuggets were awful. If I can't, I think it's that season. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Well, you'll have 10, episodes of a documentary series to find out well because i think he came back because his father was murdered i think before that season um well it was and he came back i think because he was went to play baseball then after his dad was murdered he came back to play basketball i can't remember the story it's i i think it's a couple years earlier because if you'll recall in space jam they address his father's death before he plays with the looney tunes and after he leaves baseball i don't know um, but anyway, the trailer is for a doc series called The Last Dance. Uh, ESPN's doing it. Um, they did the People vs. OJ uh, doc, which is not really a sports doc, but it's super long. So this one in particular, um, during the 97-98 season, a camera crew was granted uh, virtually like all access to the entire uh, team and the proceedings of those games. So we're going to be able to see how that all plays out. So uh, I can't chicken. wait. For, I can't wait for another miniseries to win best documentary. Well, the rules have changed, so they're not going to do that. Good. And also, that documentary was great enough that I will accept that win, even though there was another film that came out that year in that category that I wish it won. Um, did anybody see Cats? Are we going to be talking about Cats in what we've been watching? Yeah. Yep. Well, don't expect really? it. Don't don't don't. Don't expect it to be in the Oscar race because Cats is uh, officially not being pulled as an Oscar contender. No, they said, they uh, they went back to the thing and they said, "Can we submit the redesign?" They said, "Yeah." Yeah, but they said they Universal is pulling it from its contenders list on its website. Uh, so all well, the three-year consideration. That's not like gone. that's not confirmation or anything though. Yeah. that's some some saying they're probably giving up, but they did submit it and it is shortlisted for best special effects on the Oscars. Um, Michael Jordan's father passed away in 1993. Oh, rest in peace. So I think I got it backwards. I think he went passed to play. Passed away, murdered? Yeah. So, um, oh, he still passed away. <laughs> he passed away forcibly. Forced. Yeah. So uh, I think he went to play baseball because his dad passed away and he liked, uh, his dad was shot in the fucking head and died and so he went and played baseball. 
And then in his sleep, in his sleep, <laughs> and then he had to be reminded not to play baseball by playing ba- basketball with the Looney Tunes. We all know the history. It of had this. nothing to do with his gambling problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering if they will talk about that in the it. doc. But, um, but anyway, yeah, Cats at least Universal's pulling a lot of their ads, so maybe that's kind of a nail in the coffin. Maybe not. I, don't I mean, know. they were shortlisted for a couple of the categories on the Oscars. And so question is, are they even going to put the campaign money into it? I guess, but I, I mean, know. campaign's going to go point, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, though, uh, Ryan Reynolds confirmed Deadpool three is in the works at Marvel. Uh, so yeah, we'll get some more Deadpool guys. Uh, that was kind of virtually going to happen no matter what. Um, and two pieces of star Wars news. Chris Terrio uh, wishes that the, Sky- the Rise of Skywalker had been split into two movies. I don't disagree with them, but I don't agree with them either. I don't know. I think they told the story. Yeah. You could write one movie and write it better. That's possible. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, yeah, you could hey. work on that part. There's a lot of stuff they could have done better for Rise of Skywalker. Just saying, like, maybe he needs, needs to work on his franchise pictures a little bit more. <laughs> um, well, you know, you can love it or you can hate it. You're right. Either of you are right, because J.J. Abrams says that. Because the other arms right. Yeah, it's yeah. the most diplomatic answer no, you could possibly allowed, give in this situation. You're allowed to like things and you're allowed to dislike things. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, do whatever it, the fuck you want. It's as if though J.J. Abrams said the thing that should have been said all the time. Uh, and that's news, unless I missed anything. Uh, there was a sound design. Yeah, you missed I won fantasy football. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That that was on Variety. And it I was. intentionally skipped it. <laughs> Local awesome dude wins fantasy football. <laughs> It's just you with your hands up in the air. <laughs> I got so lucky. So I was playing Joe in like the – I got a first-round bye because my team was really good this year. But I played Joe in the first, second round of the playoffs, and he scored 181 points. I scored 190 because my team for that week was on fire. And that's good because when I won the championship, I actually I had a one dude left playing on Monday night, uh, a receiver for the Vikings. And I won it, ended up winning by like 13 points, and that's good because he scored .2 points. So I'm <laughs> glad I didn't need him. So do you beat Joe often at fantasy football? Uh, no, we're usually pretty equal. He, I think he's won it twice, and then I've won it twice. Because I was wondering, if you beat him at fantasy football a bunch, maybe that's why he overcompensates with uh, Fantasy Movie League. Fuck Fantasy Movie League. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to set my lineup this week. <laughs> I'm four weeks in and I'm just like four million behind him. So nice. yeah, you've been doing pretty well lately. Yeah, we we, we, pick, we picked the same lineup this week, so Fuck. we'll see if uh, I get the tiebreaker. And that's one of those things where it's like, do I pick a wild card this week to win, and then it ends up blowing up in your face? Yeah, like well, every time I week... pick a religious movie, it tanks, and then when I don't pick it, everyone's like, go with your church to see breakthrough. Or like, or like an anime kids movie comes out this week, like yeah, it's gonna blow up and then it's like the one animated kid movie that sucks for the year <laughs> totally let's go abominable yeah <laughs> which is i think one of the highest rated kid movies of no, the year yeah. and no one saw it yeah or you're like sweet uncut uncut gems is gonna expand this week nope next week fuck <laughs> why actually frozen just, 2 that just made me realize did other than toy story 4 did most animated movies pretty much tank this year mm-hmm. dang oh, well frozen well, Lion okay, King, okay, fine, well. fine, Frozen, yeah. yeah Lion, uh, King, Lion no. King's not considered an animated movie. Uh, it was similar to the Oscar as an animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it couldn't win live action. Yeah. Aladdin did well, but that's not... Animated yeah. at all. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3 did... But we say okay. kids oh, yeah, movies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, January, that's weird. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Le- I, my big point, or my go-to for it is Lego Movie Part 2 was just 
like non-existent after we. No, I picked that up for four dollars on Black yeah. Friday. Yeah. But it's in like the top twenty of the year, so yeah. it's not that bad. Okay. A lot, also, a lot of animated films are now going towards like streaming. Like they're like which uh, is Amazon totally and Netflix both have like really good streaming like animated films this year. So which, which is good. Keep idea. kids out of the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck your kids. <laughs> No, my my boy's doing pretty good in theaters. He sat, he sat through two hours and ten minutes of Jumanji. Just because you're a great dad doesn't mean you should allow kids in theaters. <laughs> I want to I want to make a meme with Henry going "fuck your kids." <laughs> Just as you wear the gun to the movie theater, <laughs> and your kid's afraid of you. Yep. Yeah. And that's news. I know. I said Blu-rays. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. Back to back weeks. Sorry. You got the headphones on. I know, and yet I still didn't hear you. DVD releases and Blu-rays. There's virtually nothing. Yeah. Uh, something called the Peanut Butter Solution from 1985. Uh, Not related to the Final Solution. <laughs> or the Peanut Butter Falcon universe. <laughs> peanut Butter Jelly Sandwich sounds pretty good. I haven't had one of those in a while. Well, we could cook one for you. What, kind of, what kind of jelly do you guys usually use? I uh, blackberry? I haven't tried that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a diehard grape guy. I, myself, I am so. too. Yeah. Bad. I had... I had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for like elementary school so much that I like can't. You have an aversion to it. Yeah. Do you guys care for strawberry jam? Yeah, strawberry's good. Strawberry can work. You know, I've just been getting Oregon blackberry lately, and it's been pretty good. You ever uh, like make your sandwich, then put in the fridge for a couple hours? No. Get get the peanut butter all nice and cold. Is it good? (laughs) (laughs) So what? Do you get crunchy or? Smooth peanut butter. Uh, I do both. Uh, When I'm when I'm refrigerating it, I tend to go more creamy. Mm. Uh, But both work, so I like extra crunchy. Welcome to real. Uh, I, I, I like podcast. I, I like peanuts in my mouth. <laughs> Every week we talk about a new sandwich in the movie it relates to. I just love when I'm so sweet and salty. I just love when I bite into it and it just kind of like pops in my mouth and gets it all wet and so <laughs> totally. Um, Flicker Alley is putting out a movie called Trap from 1949. You can check that out. Uh, looks like it's a restored film from UCLA, so that sounds cool. Uh, something called Sin. Uh, is it with a Y or an I? I. Oh, that's not yeah. as cool. So, so it's not edgy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and something called Shred America, Bully, and Heritage. Heritage mm. looks like some weird Nazi Are, they, are these three films or one film? Oh, they're three different films. Oh, okay. I'm just kind of blending stuff. And then I guess that Batman Beyond complete series uh Without reissue. the Funko Pop? Yeah. Which I thought that was last week, too, so I don't get it. has been out for weeks at Target. You know what? It makes sense that they would mess this up because they missed up that Hitchcock thing that one time, and it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. So uh, That's Blu-rays. Next week's probably going to be way better. Yeah. Uh, so I forgot to tell you, uh, I don't know if this makes me cool or pathetic in Mortal Kombat. So, it makes uh, you both. <laughs> fair enough. I, I get off work, and sometimes I just, it's easy for me to pick up the controller and just play like a few rounds or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they just released they uh you can sign up for a newsletter and the newsletter is kind of cool it'll tell you where you rank um you know your stats Uh and i knew i played it a lot and um so i don't play online very often um i usually do when i want to like annoy people because they think they're really good and i destroy them um anyways so you know so my online i'm like in the top 20 percent of mortal Kombat players But then it like breaks down the other stats, um, like towers or these revolving just challenge towers. I'm in the top one percent. Nice fatalities performed. Top one percent brutalities. Top one percent. Nice. I'm like, oh, I play this game a lot. <laughs> and so I went through and I looked at my stats, and I have like 84 hours invested into it. I'm like that's a lot of hours. Yeah. Playing Mortal Kombat. I mean, to be fair, 
I like I do like the same thing, but with Call of Duty mm. and like the new Call of Duty came out in like November or whatever, yeah. and I've already put in like over a hundred and fifty hours well, into see, that game. But, but like Call of Duty, is the same thing because you can just pick up and play oh, yeah. like matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm gonna put my PlayStation on rest mode and I'm gonna go yeah, away. Exactly. And I do that all the time in Mortal Kombat. Mm. Yep. Video games. Yep. We watch stuff throughout the week too because we're a movie podcast. Do you know there's a podcast called Real Film Nerds? Mm-hmm. Oh, we should, like, fucking kill them. Oh, I already did. <laughs> so That's why you won't hear from them. Uh, for our lawyers, if they do somehow mysteriously end up dead, we did not do that. <laughs> uh, because uh, today when I... was talking out her ass. <laughs> when I was posting my uh, number 18 Blu-ray of the year, I just typed in our thing in our Google search bar, and we're, like, the first, like, 10 results. And then, like, right below us is Real Film Nerds. I'm like, what the fuck? So I clicked on their thing. Don't worry, guys. They have, like, uh, only a quarter of the likes we have. Um, only the a quarter of the losers. follows. And uh, you know, and I read their, I read their Skywalker review. I'm like, oh, they're those guys. Where they go, and I'll tell you one more thing why I don't like Rise of Skywalker. Um, what's the deal with uh, this creature that was in the foreground? I mean, come on. You go, what? <laughs> yeah, they're those guys. So fuck you, real nerd film fuckers, okay, whatever they're called. If you, you're, it's okay to hit like or dislike a film, but if you actually dislike a film when you see it twice, that mm-hmm. is a different situation. Yep. Like, then we're yeah. talking about a different condition, a mental condition. Yeah, I'm never going to see like uh, I don't know, creature again or uh, uh, Twombly. Twombly. No, you know, so. don't watch that garbage. Um, no, but. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to insult a podcast that I've never listened to because you know any fair chance. But <laughs> no, I will. Not. But I will say, if you are going to bitch about Star Wars, I'm going to remind everybody: it's a movie with space wizards. So this week I watched Star Wars again. <laughs> Ooh, <did you? laughs> no, no, that's one of them. I-, I heard you saw cats though. Why don't you tell us about cats, bro? Yeah, I'll tell you about cats. How much time do we have? So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, that's that's actually of a cat. Thank you. That's one of my favorite moments actually in Super Bad is when um Michael Sarah's character is with the Asian dude and he's acting like a cat and he's licking mm. his paw and going through his hair. <laughs> 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 and then Jonah Hill takes the carrot like it's his dick. It's funny. Yeah. Anyways, Super Bad. Uh Cats, yeah. Not the worst movie I've ever seen. Really? But uh it is it is crazy. How many Dutch angles are there in it? Not that many, actually. Really? I mean, yeah, I didn't. Did he tone it down? That many? I mean, they toned it down because it's probably all animated, like realistically. Yeah, so. like you can put the camera wherever. So, you did want. you see the one with the new updated visual effects? I don't know. I'm almost positive that has not been released yet. Like, it, I heard told like, it's dudes, coming. But I heard like, there's dudes running around with sweatshirts on like, yeah, in see, the background. All the, all the examples that I read to to delineate that. I didn't notice because, surprisingly yeah. enough, I was wrapped up in certain parts of the movie so yeah. where I wasn't paying attention. But I mean, there was one sequence where I was like, this is clearly not done. Well, it's like, because, like, and also there's some parts where I'm like, I don't know if that's on purpose or not. Like, there's some cats who wear shoes, and I don't know if that's on purpose <laughs> or not. Like, some cats wear clothes. Yeah, like, um, like the railroad cat. Uh, like, a lot of the characters have human hands, not just Judy Dench. Yeah. Uh, which I thought she retired from, like, being M because she was too blind to act anymore, but clearly she couldn't see what was going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I heard she yes. shows up in like a sweatshirt and you're good to go. Uh, I mean, she's wearing a coat like throughout the film. No, I mean, because I, I was reading that 
uh, they didn't put the dots on the actors. Yeah, so he was wore yeah. their own. And, and that's yeah, why yeah. they were having problems with the visual effects. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, to, to that end, it's a lot of the movie is like it just looks like they photoshopped a person's face on a CGI character that just doesn't yeah. line up well and then it's like it's almost as if they put the entire thing through Snapchat's like filter of like <laughs> looking like a dog and so like yeah um, yeah in other places like it's really I think my biggest gripe is just the source material like yeah. the musical itself is just oh the musical's garbage yeah. hi meet this cat yeah, meet this cat. It's just like, like I said, it's a video game character select for ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> or like, and then... Im- like imagine a musical version of the first episode of each season of The Bachelor. Uh, it's basically that, but with a cat. Yeah. So. And then uh, Old Deuteronomy, Judy Dench's character, just you know picks the one she feels the most sorry for, and they get to go get reincarnated in the heavy side layer, and that's really just floating off in a, a hot air balloon. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's Rebel Wilson's cat is like. Jenny Any Dots is the Gumpy Cat, and her whole song is about being lazy and um, lethargic. But she has like a huge musical dance number, and they have these <laughs> animated cockroaches, which are uh, humans in like the Ant Man and the Wasp costume, but airbrushed yeah. burgundy. And it's like a PlayStation Two face graft over the. <laughs> oh shit! And <laughs> that just made me laugh really <laughs> loud. <laughs> you know how in uh, musicals they have like the dancers will surround the pool and then they like dive in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that, but with like cockroaches, and then the cats eat the cockroaches. Hmm. Um, it's in general a very horrifying scene. Like. Yeah, and they're like walking upside down under the table at one point, and they're just dropping into her mouth. Um, she one point peels off her own skin and reveals her skin again, but now she's wearing like a purple jumpsuit. And dancing around. What the fuck are you telling me? That's yeah, not. That's that's the second introduction of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, like that's like, all right, we showed you the introduction. Now the weird shit's coming. And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. About an hour later, you go to the cat orgy. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a movie for kids. I mean, I mean, it's not not for kids. The cats aren't explicitly boning but yeah. like they're nothing there's no other there's no full penetration yeah so <laughs> there's no barb- oh, good <laughs> there's no graphic Ribbit! close-ups of barbed cat penises actually i take that back that's the reason i'm not gonna go you know what i would say if they had been brave if they showed like a cat penis like each actual cat penis just throw I'm, glitter on it i might been be fine. like you know what? that's a that, that's a bold choice tom hooper i'm gonna give you bonus points for that and so um, i think that would make even, even the biggest tom hooper cynic like cave in going like all right Fine. You're a bold director. Not a great director, but a bold one. <laughs> but back to the source material, it's like it's just like you meet these cats and their personalities and like why they're just <laughs> also there's this really funny someone made a meme of cause, so Ian McKellen's one of the cats. Mm-hmm. It's like an old stage cat. Um so this is a freeze frame of him where he's like finished licking the milk bowl that he's been eating from, like looking at the camera, and someone captioned it, You should have killed me when you had the chance, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you're meeting all these different cats, and then McCavity, the Idris Elba one, is there's magic in this universe, yeah. and he just like snaps them almost Thanos like onto this boat from where they are, and then he's trying to like eliminate his competition, so he's by default the only one who can be selected to go to re- they, be reincarnated. I'm like, Cat Superman. <laughs> they also like never explain why he has magic. Why he has magic? Because Mr. Mistopheles yeah. is specifically labeled the Magic Cat, um, so... and he has trouble. I don't know. He he. They, everyone wants him to rescue. He uses magic to rescue Judy Dench, but there's like four other cats who've been abducted. And no one wants him to help them. Um, and then yeah, Taylor Swift shows up and she does it like she's uh, McCavity's henchman kind of. Yeah. Um, and she's the only one with cat boobs, really. Yeah. 
Which um, is weird because Taylor Swift normally does not have boobs. <laughs> and so it's weird that they decide to add those. And, so. um, and then... Shake it off, Taylor. Shake it off. Yeah. that's she's Most of the time just shaking. <laughs> yeah. It's really um, weird. So God, was the other thing? Yeah, sorry. Got on the tip of my tongue. Uh, yeah, like the only song-wise that I, like I thought was any good was the classic Memory. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't know that Grizabella in the stage version was like an old ratty cat because yeah. they get like a youthful-looking person who, other than snot coming out of her nose, looks pretty put together. But yeah. her whole story is that she you know, had a great time on Broadway as a stage cat and then lost it all. And mm-hmm. honestly, I couldn't remember a lot of what they were talking about in the songs because yeah. they seemed un- unintelligible. But I gathered that. And she's the one that gets selected because I guess she had a really rough time. But... Ian McKellen's cat also had a really rough time on yeah, stage, too. Yeah, Ian McKellen's too. basically like 100, and so, like... Yeah, and like, he's should be next in line to be reincarnated. Um, you know, she seems like she has plenty more life left in her. Um, yeah. I mean... What else? Like, it's it's bafflingly just... It's, it's a film that I'm surprised exists like <laughs> it's gonna make a great midnight movie someday no yeah this is gonna be like a cult classic <laughs> like xanadu point, level like, yeah. yeah like xanadu level yeah, okay. yeah. But it's also one of those where it's like it's not funny to watch though like mm. it's just boring for most despite of it, like, the gross amount of cat puns in the background yeah, like yeah, yeah. all the shops this is london which is built for humans but you never see any humans yeah so it's like why not just make it a cat city yeah, that's another at thing, that point the, the sh- the sets are all weird too because yeah. the scale changes throughout. Uh-huh. I don't know what fucking size these cats are. So yeah. the two thief cats, like when they're in that apartment, they're too scale. But when yeah. they're out in the alleys of London, they they seem enormous. Yeah, and the milk bar and uh, yeah, like even if it's a human world, like the fact that all the plays on the marquees are cat puns. Yeah, it's like it doesn't seem like a human world. That's a weird coincidence. So yeah, it's and also the opening thing where. Um, each cat has three names yeah. and they ask Victoria, like the, the main one, the ballerina one, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's your name, Victoria? Like, well, everyone has three, every cat has three names and then they, all the other cats go through what their names are. And then Victoria never announces anything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> She's still Victoria. I don't know what the fuck you guys just said. And at the end, special. Judy Dench like looks in the camera for like five minutes straight telling you like yeah, what cats that are. Would, that was a weird part. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, stop looking at me. Just eyes like there. imagine you know the scene in uh won't you be my neighbor or whatever it's called, or uh beautifully in the neighborhood yeah when tom cruise looks in the camera yeah, and, you're, and you feel so amazing. calm imagine tom that Hanks. but it's a horror film yeah. like so <laughs> yeah. man tom cruise as mr rogers would be interesting <laughs> <laughs> um actually it wasn't she wasn't telling us she was telling us that that a cat is different from a dog for like five minutes yeah i was like yeah we get it <laughs> so, like, clearly cool story i know it's like it's that part is like an ode to the passages from the T.S. Eliot stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm sure the one T.S. Eliot fan was really happy with that. Yeah. Yay! Um, <sighs> yeah. It's just like, because it's not the worst film of the year, I don't think. Is it disappointing, I guess? is well, It's just baffling. I didn't have much expectations, so okay. yeah. I can't say it's disappointing. So it's probably more for... I'm disappointed the... it wasn't crazier. Yeah, I want it to be like... <laughs> Real bad. Yeah, when it's really just kind of boring. Yeah. So okay, now that's kind of sad. Yeah. Like if the CGI was good, it would be a mediocre musical. Yeah. Like the but, songs aren't that catchy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Visually, it's just kind of like it's kind of the same, like same four or five locations over and over again. Yeah. Mm, that's um, disappointing. And it's, it's all clearly like super stylized, like any big budget CGI movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And then yeah, just weird floaty faces on CGI bodies a lot of the time. 
I still want to see it just to see what the visual effects look like in a, within the full setting. Because the trailer, you know, you can brush that up as many times as you want. But yeah. I mean, still, surprisingly enough, it is on the shortlist for best special effects for the Oscars, mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing to me. I guess if, like, completing that much without tracking dots, sure. I mean, <laughs> I guess if it's going off of, like effort and not talent yeah well i mean the irishman didn't use the tracking dots specifically so like but they had more time like they took more time to do that i don't think they're recreating entire bodies too like even when i was watching the irishman like they have young robert nero's face on his like old body like clearly he's emaciated it's Mm. like eh, yeah should have puffed that one it's weird that this made the short list but ad astra didn't because whatever you think of Ad Astra, the special effects in that movie are pretty phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so... Agreed. Movie's boring as fuck. <laughs> I <laughs> Did you like it? I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I'm I think it's one, one of those it. films that's like... No, yeah. It's like, well, the thing is, like, that I've told people is that Ad Astra is basically space apocalypse now. And so if you're not going to like apocalypse now, if, like, that's not your space film apocalypse. either, it's... You're not going to like this one either kind of thing. And so... I love the smell of space palm in the morning. No. Nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brad, what else did you watch this week? That is actually it. That's I've it? Been playing... He was so dumbfounded. By <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you just couldn't watch anything Henry? else. Well, I, like oh, once, once I posted my stats thing, I was like, you know, I can't see any more movies. Or I, have to, I have to revise it. And then, mm. yeah, so. <laughs> Every day you just release a new version. Like, <laughs> you're the, you're the cat special effects of movie going. Yeah. I learned my lesson. I saw that movie. Uh, the current... Uh, writer slash director that I'm working through seeing their entire filmography is John Hughes. So I'm watching a lot of John Hughes films. Um, It's not going great. Uh, (laughs) Because I save all rewatches for the end, so I'm watching, and I've seen all of his, like, really famous films, so I'm seeing his, like, stuff that I haven't seen. So, like, Beethoven, the first Beethoven. Oh, yeah, the the dog movie. He wrote it, right? he wrote that one. That's that's the best thing I can say about that. Gotta Um, make money. Did he write the sequels? No, uh, he did not write the sequels, luckily, so I don't need to watch those. Did Brian um, Levant direct all three? I doubt it. Okay. He didn't direct any movies, he just wrote movies, right? John Hughes? Yeah. He he directed some, the ones that are famous he directed. Uh, so like 16 Candles he directed. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club he directed. Uh, she's having uh, a baby. But he's written more than yes, Uncle Buck he directed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, Playstations and Automobiles he directed. But there's like I'm I'm going off his writing credits predominantly because that's yeah. movies. So yeah, Home Alone in there. So. Yeah, like Home Alone, uh, which I did also watch Home Alone three. Which my God, he wrote that one too. He did that was oh the last one God. he wrote. That was my favorite um, soundtrack when I was five. Well, you were wrong when you were. Five. I know I was absolutely wrong. Oh. There was a soundtrack wrong. for Home Alone three. There was. Was that released I'm, in theaters? It, it did. Yes. You have, wow. you have to understand, my family was a big Home Alone family, so we saw everything Home Alone related when it was out, and three was amongst those things. Um, we were watching Temple of Doom over Christmas. My dad's like, "What do you like?" Because it's all the gory parts of the movie when he comes in. Mm-hmm. He's just like, "Why aren't we watching a, a holiday movie like Home Alone?" <laughs> it's like because you don't have to. <laughs> uh, I watched Shazam for my holiday movie. That was fun. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good qual- uh, qualify. And uh, the last, uh, the last one I'll bring up for uh, John Hughes is I watched Weird Science. Yeah, uh, which is a film that I would have given five stars when I was fourteen. Uh, but as an adult, it doesn't really play as hard no. for me, and so like, it's like a fun movie. It's like, it's a very fun like of its era movie, yeah. and so like Chet. <laughs> there's but there's so many times in that film that I know that if I was 14, I would have been like, this is the greatest movie ever. Totally. Like, I remember they made a TV series of that in the Did 90s. They? Yeah, it was like on oh, USA right. or something. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, I went and saw Bombshell. Has anyone seen that one yet? No. no I hope to see it tonight. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, Fuck, I can't. <laughs> yeah, just don't put it in your thing. Uh, I I liked it um, more than I thought I was going to. I think it definitely has its flaws still, mm. but I think it's, I mean, Margot Robbie is incredible in it. Oh, man. I remember the first time I saw her in Wolf of Wall Street. I knew I loved that woman. <laughs> um, I do believe, she works, I think, really well in these tier movies where it's like the mid-tier like this and i Tonya, i think are oh, her best performances I, I think what's happened she she gets offered like the best roles obviously with like like scorsese and tarantino all this kind of stuff but i think she's given more to actually do in like mm. these types of tier movies uh and i she's so good in this both the the two best scenes are both of her uh and i would definitely recommend checking out just for her if nothing else how's um, lithgow he he's good? he's great okay uh, everyone in it does a good job and like there are some actors in it that's like were born to play these characters. Like, yeah. the guy who plays Bill O'Reilly has, like, one line, but he's identical. Like, I almost was like, <laughs> did they just get Bill O'Reilly to do this, like, film? Um, yeah, everyone in it. It's the line, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> like, um, I mean, there's definitely some problems that, like, like, just logical kind of stuff that doesn't really make sense in it. Uh, with, like, composite characters and that kind of thing. But I would definitely... I mean, and obviously, uh, Shalice Theron is great as Megan Kelly. Um, but yeah, I'd check it out if you have time. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make my top ten or anything, but uh, it is definitely worth checking out, I think. Can't make mine. I've already submitted it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no changing now. Well, Corinne's the only one out, so if you want to revise it, you have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm set. Uh, I also checked out Judy. Because uh, after watching Marriage Story, I was like, I don't. Scarlett Johansson's pretty much up there. It's like what I think should win Best Actress, but mm-hmm. that's the one everyone's saying is going to win. Yeah. So I checked it out, and she's fine. Um, the movie's not very good at all. Yeah, that's I, what but, I figured. Did you read? Uh, do you read Blu-ray.com reviews? Not a lot. But. Uh, or maybe it was a High Def Digest. It was High Def Digest guy, uh-huh. and he's a huge Judy Garland fan, and yeah. he said it's garbage. Well, if, every. Th- like, like I was reading like other people who like kn- knew her and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and everyone who knew her or, like had any kind of interaction with her hates the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I mean, my complaint with the film is that it's just boring. Um, is she, but she's good. Well, she does. I don't know. She's very. It's very much a like watch me like, act kind is, of is it performance. Like yeah. Rami Malek and uh, yeah, Rami Rhapsody. Where no, like he doesn't even do anything special. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, it's like I wouldn't say it's as bad as that, but like. It's a very similar and, and kind why of. people get give him praise for it. I go, I don't understand it. it it's like it's is it like one of those CBS TV movies about famous actors that was like you know very on the nose. I mean, yeah, does it have no nuance whatsoever? Not really. I mean, there's I'm they try for nuance, but that's about it. Mm, okay, uh, for I'll Chris, still watch it for Christmas. My sister and I watched another, another thirteen movie. Oh, I fucking it's love a that great movie. Christmas that's movie. A, it's a great movie. Um, I, I love funny. when Jake Weiler is looking at a picture of him <laughs> looking at a picture of yeah. himself. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. God, there's there's just so many good parts of that film. It, that it like, is, if you like like the can't hardly waits and yeah. the teen movies from that time, it is so brilliant. Oh, yeah. Like, well, it helps that I'm watching it as I'm also going through the John Hughes oh, movies. And oh so, yeah, so it's like, like a can't hardly wait and she's all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's because it. I love spoof movies if they're done well. Yeah. Mm. Hot Shots, MacGruber. Yeah. That one. Uh, Lethal uh, Loaded Weapon 1. I just love movies that know the source material. Yeah. And they only work. And this is why I think Not Another Teen Movie works well is because Chris Evans plays it straight. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he's never playing it 
um, for the laughs. Just how, like, his entire family is trying to fuck him. Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with his family? That's <laughs> a Cruel Intentions reference. Yep. Oh, like, man. No, you're my sister. Yuck. <laughs> but it's like, even in the beginning, like, his, like, dad is like, I know what'll cheer you up. I have a girlfriend for you. And he brings in the mom. <laughs> like... Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, so, I actually, it moving forever. I keep on wanting to get it on Blu-ray, but it's like 26 bucks. Oh, really? Because I think it's a Sony MOD. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, it's a brilliant movie. That's a great movie. Um, I care what anybody says about that movie. And then uh, I guess the last two things I'll bring up. Uh, I watched uh, Days of Wine and Roses, which is a great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend it. It's a Jack Lemmon film from what decade, Zach? Oh, fuck. A decade. Um, uh, oh, it's a decade. Same, yeah, it's the, the same. Fuck it's, it was. The, it's the same year as Lawrence of Arabia and uh, it's the sixties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great movie, uh, basically yeah. about addiction, uh, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Jack London oh, yeah, falls yeah. in love with. Uh, That's a film I want to rewatch after having a year of sobriety under my belt because I remember being kind of depressed by it when I was still drinking. It's so. definitely. <laughs> it's one of those films where it's like it's a very depressing ending, but does give you like one line of hope. Yeah, there's a, there's a tinge of hope at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a lot of hope, but it's ugh. it's it's the only optimism you can have in the situation. You watch it, the movie; it's really good. It all, and the performances are fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that year is like every time I like find a performance from that era, then I'm like, oh, this is a great like lead performance from a man. Let's like check out. I hope they won the best actor, and it's always the, in the same year when Gregory Peck won for To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> it's like, well, fuck, I, okay. Like, so, yeah, like, I remember every year in the 60s where Gregory Peck just kept winning for that same uh, role. <laughs> it was that good. <laughs> um, and then the last one I God, watched... You know, I love Warren Beatty and, uh, and Bonnie and Clyde, but yeah. Gregory Peck still just working for me. <laughs> um, and then the last one I watched was I watched Sheltering Sky. Uh, What's that? It's a Vertolucci film. Hmm. Uh, basically, the plot of it is that this married couple, which is uh, it's John Malkovich and someone else. I can't remember the actress's name. But the two of them are like, our marriage isn't doing well. I know what will fix this. Let's go to Civil War Ravaged Africa. Uh, and so obviously that doesn't work. Um, but it's very much a Bertolucci film where there's a lot of erotica in it. And I will say, Bertolucci, for better or worse, is probably the best erotic director ever. Ever. Uh, yeah, and so just... the erotic stuff is good um, and well shot. It, I mean, it's, a, it's a beautiful film. It's a Bertolucci film, so you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and then it obviously does not end well for them. I won't spoil it in case you're interested in it. But uh, it's not my favorite Bertolucci film, but uh, it's definitely... One of the better ones. It's not Dreamers, so I, I have completely forgot because I, I, I know the name Bertolucci, but I never remember. Like, there's some foreign directors I just don't remember their filmography. Yeah. and then I was I had to look him up, and I was like, oh yeah, Last Tango in Paris. That's right. Which is also not one of his best films. No, like, it's uh, not. It's it's, notor- it's, st- it's notorious and for sad reasons. Before, besides that reason, it's still a good movie. Yeah, um, Confession's but, good, but you know. um, most of the other stuff was great though. Yeah, Last Emperor is a great film. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I'll bring up. Everything else is boring. So, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Zach? Um, just a couple things, huh? My catchphrase. Um, uh, if this podcast was popular uh, and, peop- and people liked <laughs> when, when you said that, we'd make a shirt of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally wear that shirt. Um, rewatched Hound of the Baskervilles with Basil Rathbone. It's a fantastic fucking Sherlock Holmes movie. Sounds like a um, wizard's name. Disney fun fact, the uh, mouse in The Great Mouse Detective is named Basil because of... Oh, interesting. And... Uh, I'm going to name my firstborn, Basil. Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce recordings of uh, uh, of them as Holmes and Watson are used for the 
actual Sherlock Holmes and Watson figures that uh, live in the house. Uh, they're, they're the human figures, mm-hmm. and then Basil and uh, Nigel are the mice. So it's yeah. a fun little cameo. It's, it's a cute movie. Anyway, but yeah, the movie's great. Um, I found it finally. I haven't I haven't been able to pick it up. I have found a copy, uh, tracked it down on Blu-ray, along with all the other Sherlock Holmes films from the Universal and Fox era. And it's an $80 set, so I'm at, at some point when I find financing again, I will get it. Um, but um, this this particular version of Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> uh, this particular version of Sherlock Holmes is like still one of my favorites to watch, other than maybe the Robert Downey Jr. ones, in, if we're talking cinema ones. Um, well, no one is better than Robert Downey Jr. No, Let's just make that a point. Basil right Rathbone, though, pretty great. Could yeah. compete. Yep. Could compete. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but um, if you rewatch the film, like I think I've talked about it before, but like I think you should you if you are able to rewatch it in a good quality copy, like just notice how the atmosphere of that movie is fucking amazing oh, yeah, no, when they're out in the moor and it's fucking phenomenal. And Lionel Atwell, it I think it's my second favorite Lionel Atwell film, with the first being to be or not to be, but he's just fucking great in almost everything he was in. So, um. My brother-in-law um, introduced me to a movie when I went up to his and my sister's house to uh, spend Christmas, uh, and it's a movie called The Private Eyes um, with Don Knotts and Tim Conway. I had no idea they made movies together. I knew that they were both in Cannonball Run 1 and 2 in cameo roles. So this shows you my ignorance, but um, The well, Private Eyes... Dwarf I- makes an appearance. <laughs> Steven Dwarf? <laughs> oh, you're too young. <laughs> I remember those commercials. Yep. Uh, how, hilari- <laughs> how hilarious is putting knees in your shoes um, and pretending you're short. <laughs> yeah, I might be a little too young for that. Um, Dwarf goes golfing. <laughs> but at any rate, though. Watch with hilarity as he trades. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate. Um, Buy the whole collection <laughs> today, 1995. Three easy payments. <laughs> no CODs. Oh, one of those? It's one of those Oh, things? yeah. Oh, okay. Who ever accepted CODs? And when was that a thing? Cash on delivery? Yeah. Because, you know, when we were growing up, it's you know, the time Life Books was no CODs. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, shipping Dorf to your door and being like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no Dorf until I get this COD. <laughs> Cash on delivery. I'm going to be out here in the van. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, you guys, I just looked it up. Dwarf and elephants that were bought by early circus owners are the only things that did COD. So Knew it. One of those is a little trickier than the other I one. Guess what? It. It's dwarf. <laughs> um, no, um, but the private eyes is... It's hard to describe. Like, So everybody in this room kind of likes Clue pretty much, right? No. No, you don't like Clue? I've never, right? never seen it. Okay. So, yeah. So <laughs> It's on my film Clue on this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of trying to make fun of that while make fun of Sherlock Holmes while make fun of 500 other drawing room mystery movies. Um, it's co-written by Conway and another guy and it's directed by a guy named Lang Elliott. And, um, the, uh, it's just a basic murder plot, but the reason to watch it is because Don Knotts and Tim Conway in it are just kind of doing this back and forth thing. Don Knotts is kind of the straight man and Tim Conway is the idiot and, it kind of plays off as what could have been a Carol Burnett sketch, um, but like a little bit more elaborate. 
I really liked the movie. I had fun with it. I liked watching it with my brother-in-law. This is a, a family favorite of his, and I could see why. This could definitely entertain you as a young kid and stuff. Um, the only things that, like, I don't know, were just kind of like meh about it were just the actual plot of the movie. But if you're there to just watch Don Knotts and Tim Conway do something, you'll have a fun time. But um, So I didn't realize they had made movies together, and then I realized, oh, wait, The Apple Dumpling Gang. And then I rewatched oh, the Apple Dumping game this week uh, on VOD, and that movie's great. So, um, and uh, why is it great? Because it's the Apple Dumping Gang, and it's just a fun dis- classic Disney movie. Just, just let, inherently let, good. Let, let, yep, let there you happen. go. All right, that we don't need to. Did hear. he sell you on it? Nope. Yeah. No, right. I, I don't need to. It's a classic. Um, yeah, and, it's your job to figure out why it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiot. Sorry, I just you yeah. know I started a movie podcast hey. to explain movies, hey, and if you don't know what the fucking apple fucking dumpling gang is, <laughs> then you don't deserve to know what the fucking apple dumpling fucking gang. Are they a gang? I want that to be apple a shirt. dumplings, or are they like hunt down apple dumplings? I don't know. What's the point? Well, no, I'm not telling you. <laughs> um, and then the last oh, thing great. I read: Real Nerds Mysteries. Why is the apple dumpling gang good? So, <laughs> he just said it was. I just I thought we should know why. Because somebody do a Robert Stack impression to introduce that kind of episode. Only you could solve the mystery. <laughs> the Apple Dumpling Gang is found dead, hanging in their fucking closet. <laughs> wow. Um, and then the last thing uh, is I rewatched uh, the Hitchcock Truffaut documentary, which is a documentary about the book Hitchcock Truffaut and how it came about. And I feel about it the same way I felt about it when I first saw it, which is that that movie is really good at selling the book and that's about it like if anything it compels you to read that book and watch those interviews but it does nothing else well i mean anytime they make a documentary based on a book just read the fucking book agreed (laughs) and also the audio interviews not uncensored but the audio interviews for each chapter of the book are available on youtube all all of them are available so you have to listen to mainly hitchcock in english and then an english translator and then francois truffaut in french but it's still a good listen. So, but Brian, that, you won't <laughs> like it. But well, but, actually, if you if your French is caught up a little bit, you might be able to. But you told me you haven't spoken in a while. No. So. Nope. Ken Burns book documentary. Yeah. <laughs> then he put the paper into the typewriter. <laughs> sat there, thought for a second, and meanwhile, there's like photographs of typewriters just <laughs> yeah, slowly, slowly moving across <laughs> the screen. <laughs> he had never seen a typewriter like this before, and yes. You've seen, uh, you know, the critic gag where they're doing a Ken Burns parody on electric football. And they have a guy who's be- he have a guy who's being interviewed, and he goes, "Electric football is a lot like life. Always shaking, always moving, never knowing where it's going." Wait a minute, it's not like life. It's just a stupid game that doesn't work. Get your documentarian ass out of my face. <laughs> That's all I watched this week. Uh, yeah, I-, I didn't watch very much this week. I just rewatched some stuff. I, I rewatched Shazam. Uh, Kellen hadn't seen it, and I thought that'd be a good movie for him to watch. We're looking for a Christmas movie, and my wife always wants to watch Gremlins. And I don't mind Gremlins, but I was like, man, we've watched that so much. It's a hard one to watch every year. Yeah. So I put in Shazam, and Kellen loved Shazam. Um, And that's a really fun movie. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Uh, The emotional core that ties it together is really nice. Um, That's like a great film for kids, too. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's, there's some pretty violent parts in it, but I mean, they're, beating up monsters and yeah. it's learning how to be a superhero it's like and, a kid's dream too yeah exactly <laughs> and i think they made it the right way yeah. um so yeah if you haven't seen shazam check it out uh maybe it'll be on someone's film explosion list i don't know we'll find out maybe um i i rewatched the matrix but i saw it in 4k whoa and uh it, it's a 
really great 4K transfer. It looks uh, stunning. Um, how much do the fake set backgrounds stand out? Uh, a <laughs> that little part bit. where when he's running across the rooftop, it's just like a printed out you know, skyline. You know, the worst part was when Neo went inside Agent Smith and then busted out. It looked like uh, a lawnmower man uh, yeah. a oh, special effect. Lawnmower that... man. That's what those cockroaches look like. <laughs> <laughs> we're at yeah. that point right now in its uh, in its aged process. Yeah, but uh. I mean, there's some stuff looks phenomenal i mean there's uh the scene where neo and morpheus are fighting uh, it looks incredible you can see like the the stitching on their clothes and the detail on their clothes and the colors work really well and 4k is really good at making blacks really black so the cinematography for the matrix works really well for it um some of the special effects don't look good but also the you know the first matrix didn't have so as much cgi so you know you forget how much that action movie is really a philosophical movie about your existence. Well, there's a lot of setup, but it's yeah. setup that's so engrossing and engaging. You know, I, I love was, the mythology. Yeah, I was talking to Laura about this. You know, Keanu Reeves is n- never like a great actor, but that motherfucker commits to roles. Like, you know, whether it's John Wick oh, or yeah. it's Neo, I mean, phys- his physicality in roles is really impressive. No, jo- this isn't a joke, but Ted Theodore Logan, that's an animated ass role that there ever was, and he gets into that shit. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. He's um, like in the same category as like Schwarzenegger and Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Like, he's not ever going to win an Oscar, but he, he always is fun to watch. You know, at least the, the one time I was actually really impressed with him is the gift. Yeah, uh, he plays you know the abusive husband, and he's not in it very much. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it works really well. He kind of does the same thing in the Neon Demon too, where he's a real creepo, and he's good in it. Yeah, I mean, the so, Neon Demons. A whole other story. Yeah, Neon but, Demon exists. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's a great film. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> is it, why is it oh god film? we've been here for Brad. five hours uh, Brad. there's a film explosion where we explain that so. yeah um so yeah so i mean if i got i'm catching up on the movies i got on black friday i think i got like seven of them and the matrix 4k was i think seven dollars at target Ugh. and Sorry. uh yeah it, it's one of the so i chose that instead of terminator 2 because i'm hoping that maybe they'll release a whole like terminator 4k set mm. um but yeah, so it, it's pretty great. Can I borrow your 4K one? I want to see what yeah. it looks like now. Of course. Uh, and the last thing I watched, uh, Brad brought it up a couple weeks ago, Ninja Scroll. Um, I, I got it on Amazon for nine dollars, um, and that movie is pretty awesome. I forgot uh, my friend. Is Blaine. it a Blu-ray? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Do I have that? Uh, my friend Brandon and I forgot we used a lot of quotes from that film. Um, from the, the rock demon because it was so ridiculous. Um, you know, there's a part where uh, he's sexually assaulting like uh, one of this female character, and the main character Jubei is like sitting in the corner, and he says, "Hey, I was just looking for the directions to so and so," and you know he's just gonna kick his ass. And then later the rock guy shows up, and there's this really funny like recall joke where. The character Jubei says, no, it's okay. I know the way now. We don't have to do this. So he's basically telling him, he's like, he doesn't have to kill him. And the big rock guy says, not quite the right direction. The way to hell is right here. And he beats the shit out of him. Aww. My friend ran ice all the time. But the movie is animated so well. Um, is that like an anime film? Yeah, it's, anime? yeah. it's batshit crazy. Um, basically, there's eight demons that are trying to take over the world or something. <laughs> and uh, this guy for hire doesn't want to fight him but he ends up fighting him and it's really it's moving you from one set piece to another with these uh bad guys that have supernatural abilities um because i mean i don't know if you agree like the story's not that deep 
Um, yeah. It's there's like one that Jubei killed years ago. They yeah. all thought he was dead. And yeah, Lord uh, Gamma Goma. Gamma. Like Gamma. Gamma. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and it's cool because when they chop people's heads off, it there's this beat, and then it just a geyser of blood. And I, I mean, I forgot. You know, when the rock guy is throwing his boomerang like thing and he's cutting these dudes it's in Thanos half. blade yes yes Thanos blade <laughs> he's cutting these dudes in half and then you'll see like their body parts hit the ground and then it just rains blood yeah. it's, it's and he drinks the blood from that one guy it's pretty awesome <laughs> I yeah. gotta watch this now you've been recommending it yeah so. no it's fun yeah. like uh it's definitely super hardcore yeah uh, I mean there's snakes that come out of women's hoo-hahs and stuff I mean if yeah. it's like 80s anime uh early 90s, early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. I mean still same kind of thing yeah yeah, like, yeah 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 Pretty fucking brutal. So Brad, all the rapey stuff is pretty hard. Brad, yeah. you've watched this in Akira. Would that be a good double feature just to get those classics out of the way? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. Totally. I, I mean, yeah, I'll yeah. do that then. I mean, I prefer you could do it in the theater, but I don't think they're going to double feature that whenever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just meant like if I needed to like kill a kill a couple of classics with one stone. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, Ninja Scrolls fun. As like, far yeah, as animes I, go, they're both like at the top of my list. Oh yeah, and I, I mean. Obviously, because I'm not even an anime guy, and I know Ninja Scrolls an awesome movie, so yeah, yeah check it out. I could not tell you a, a single anime movie other than a Miyazaki movie that I would. Is Miyazaki considered anime? See, that's the thing I don't know. It's a very specific style, but yeah. Okay, so. okay, I say, then Spirited it seems Away, more I guess. Yeah, like a Disney kind of. Yeah, then I guess Japanese Disney. Well, before Disney bought them, like they oh, were yeah. their own thing. So yeah. yeah. Well, so, it's also like I mean, if you look into the history of anime, the reason why anime looks a certain way. Oh, I guess, yeah, 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 I guess you're right. Yeah, so I guess it would be Spirited <laughs> Away. Oh, I thought it would, like, um... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, like, I I knew what you were saying. So oh, okay, like, oh, it's, yeah, uh, like, when anime started, it was, like, an imitation of, mm-hmm. like, classic Disney princess stuff. That's why the eyes are so big, because they were focusing really on that kind of aspect and the beautiful eyes of Disney princess, and so... Mm-hmm. So it makes sense why... Miyazaki will have some mm. reminiscent of that. What were you saying, Brad? Sorry. No, I was just waiting for him to finish his thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I was, oh. like, really into what he was saying. Like, <laughs> so, no. what is your description of anime? And then he yeah. just trailed off and I was like... Well, it's also, like, Ryan did the yeah, yeah, the same way. He'll, he, like, whenever I'm like, and then this one French film. And like, he said the same thing. No, no, because so. I, no, I got what you were saying and I said yeah. I said what I was thinking out loud. No, you're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Uh, I forgot something. Can I just throw one more thing? Yeah. Second? Uh, I've been watching The Witcher on Netflix. No, oh. uh, I would. Sh- that's a strong recommend. I would say. Really? Uh, the sword fights in that show are fucking incredible. Nice. <laughs> it's so brutal. Story any good or? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, it's very. I mean, because like it's based on the books, and the books are a series of short stories. Mm. So like it's kind of like a monster of the week kind of show. Oh, okay. cool. But there is a like overarching kind of plot, and so okay. Uh, but I mean, if you want like you a, said super violent, it like the swordplay stuff. That's it, pretty fucking intense, awesome. and it's. The choreography of the sword fights is like top notch. I'm down. So, can I can I throw in one quick thing? That's something that you I want to. You can't copy me. Talk about. I mm. uh, I I have a teaser for uh, something I filmed in New Hampshire um, earlier or later this year uh, called Gone Home. Uh, there's a 15 second teaser out. You can check it out online now. Um, so head on over to the Gone Home film page. On Facebook, you can take a look at the link to Vimeo that we have of it. And the, I know one of the actors in there. You know, you know two of the actors. I do in know there. two of them. Yeah, just one stands out. Well, that reminds me, I watched something. It was a teaser for a movie called Gone Home. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was that about, Brad? Um, it looked terrible. It was so <laughs> like the, the 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 footage just raced by so fast. I I couldn't tell what was going on. <laughs> Yeah. It reminded me a lot of this film called Twombly. Um, so. <laughs> it's almost like they're just pumping so much footage at you that you're just distracted from how bad it is. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh. They hope you don't notice. 
Gee, I hope your gone home isn't as bad as uh, is 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 bad enough to make our gone home look good. Um, yeah, no, uh, the full we're gonna have a a full website launch on January sixth, so you guys can oh, check that out. Soon. I'm saying it now because I don't want to uh, plug it, plug it on Film Explosion because that's kind of its own thing. They should have hired me; it would look better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the Mary Tyler Moore show. That's the Rhoda. <laughs> I have a high-rated episode where I got married. <laughs> I'm just as valid. Did anybody get that joke who listens to yes. our show? Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. Who else is 37 here? Anybody? I do, uh, but I, I, I'm i a weirdo. So it's 37-year-olds and weirdos like Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. Yes. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. So Cool. Yeah. yeah. Good job. No. Yeah. Should know at the top of the episode, so people would actually hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt Ryan's story about his wife. Mm. People usually don't make it to the end on the statistics. <laughs> also, the amount of times you said "my wife" in there, I was so tempted my to go wife. like "my wife, my wife." <laughs> I don't like to say her name. My it's wife. like Beetlejuice or Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort <laughs> <laughs> or Jesus or Jesus. Anything that summons anything is really bad. Your wife's not Ray Fines. <laughs> We don't know. Famously portraying Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure Voldemort would sell a gift from <laughs> his husband. He would. I don't need this tea anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Uncut Gems. Brad, should people see Uncut Gems? Yeah, why not? It's uh, it's an it's an intense movie. Um, I don't know if I'm like. I can't wait to watch that again about it, but definitely in the moment, it's one of the few movies where I feel like you're just watching people exist. Mm. Um, it's like, like knowing filmmaking, I knew they, that like these are separate shots and setups and camera things, but like when you're watching, it just feels like you're in the scene and nothing is really cutting, even though it is, it's pretty impressive. Um, but I also hate the world of like jewelry and gambling. So I'm like, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he got what he had coming. <laughs> Do you go outside of Jared's stores and yell? <laughs> I'm like, you're wasting your money. <laughs> All this shit's inflated. Zach? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, pretty in, it's pretty incredible how I've been kind of exposed to the Safdie brothers through only two films now. I need to watch anything else of theirs that they've done. I don't know them as well as maybe like Henry does because Henry was the one who introduced me to Good Time. But these guys are really good at making anxious, anxiety-driven movies, and this movie gave me a fucking panic attack throughout the entirety. Um, but it's shot beautifully, it's uh, well-directed, and Sandler's fucking amazing in it. So, yeah, I would definitely go check it out. Henry? Uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, I've seen it twice now. Um, and I don't know if the reason like, that I think I would recommend it is that I've seen all of the Saudi Brothers filmography at this point. They've made around six films. Uh, and it's by far their most accessible so, like, if you want to start watching, if, like, Good Time looked interesting to you, but you didn't catch it, and this one looks interesting to you as well, definitely watch this one first, because this is the easiest of their filmography to watch, I think. Yeah, so. it's kind of like what the favorite was for Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah this is actually, I mean, one of my favorite movies of the year, because it's um, claustrophobic, while also being, like, in a big world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I mentioned this to somebody that it's you you're watching people making uh bad choices and you want them to make better choices but they don't because they're horrible people um 
and uh, yeah, Adam Sandler is amazing. And I mean, I, I've always said that he's great, and he when he does dramatic yeah. stuff, Punch Drunk Love, Rain Over Me, Spanglish, he's so good in those movies. Um, and he's great in this one too. I'm tempted to say it's probably his best performance. Oh yeah, so yeah, because this is the first time I watched it, a film with him where I'm like, that's not Adam Sandler, yeah. you know? Because even in Punch Drunk or um, Rain Over Me, he has moments. Where, it's like a drama version of an Adam Sandler film where this yeah. is its own beast kind yeah. of thing. So did anyone feel like his accent was he was trying to do his friend Dante from his comedy movies? <laughs> it. Kind of like had a marble mouth to it, like like mm. he was. There was like something about it. It's, it's. You're right. He's. It's the most transformed he's been for a role, and it just doesn't. It. It's the sound is is jarring for a second, mm. and you have to kind of settle into it. But yeah, here's a trailer for Uncut Gem. How you doing, Holly? How's it going? Hey, Howard. Put Pesach out. All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. made a crazy risk to gamble and it's about to pay off so i want the celtics to cover i want the celtics halftime i want garnet points and rebounds what do you know i don't know i just know well i'll tell you what i know it's the dumbest fucking bet i ever heard of i disagree i disagree gary You're taking my money all over town, placing bets. I'm having very serious second thoughts. Are you serious right now? I know I fucked up. Howard, where's the money right now? Howard, got my money? Howard! Is it too late? I'm done. It means nothing. It meant nothing. Please. Give me another shot. You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black Jewel Power, nigga. This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurface your fucking swimming pool. I, you know how that makes me feel? Never resurface you anything. More than I don't life. know who said that. I told you about how things were going to go. You like the way things are going now? That's my family. Get the kids out of the house. You having a good time? Yes. This is me. This is how I win. Jay, Jay, it's game night. You should be stretching out. Yeah, what is he, a coach? Nah, he's just a fucking crazy-ass Jew. Such a great fucking trailer, too. Like, yeah. yeah. In the movie, Adam Sandler plays a gambler jewelry guy, and um, he's going through a divorce from his wife. He can't stop gambling. He owes money to the mob, who happens to be his brother-in-law. brother-in-law <laughs> and it's... Uh, and he's like you you feel like you should like him but you don't because he's such a piece of crap he just keeps making shitty choices yeah. he's one of those people that's like really charismatic but also a total asshole yeah so because, really selfish yeah very selfish because you know he, uh, there's a great scene in it um so him and his wife are going to get a divorce and this is a lot later in the movie yeah. but there's a great scene with him and um his wife where he's, you know, I'm cheating and um, I broke up with my girlfriend. Please come home. And 
she's laughing. I'm just like, I fucking hate you. Oh, where she's in the dress. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I yeah. can't stand you. Everything about you is annoying. And she's saying all the stuff I think us as audience members feel yeah. when you watch him. Because um, you're just like, dude, you just can't get out of your own way. He makes choices like an addict makes choices. Yeah. Which and is it's very. In the know. finale, like when he, like he, f- he doesn't get what he wanted, but at least he. He, like he gets enough money that like he can probably buy himself a little more time. Yeah, and he fucking rolls the dice again on it, and they're like, "I mean, Dude. That, that whole monologue of like this yeah. is how I win is by far my favorite part of the entire film." Yeah, because uh, so yeah, and he has this uh, black opal that he got from Ethiopia that he's trying to sell, and there's this really unusual subplot where Kevin Garnett thinks it gives him magic powers. Yeah. Um, and he's really good in the movie. He's surprisingly for like a like a athlete. He's yeah. really good. He's like LeBron like, James and you know uh, train, train wreck. wreck. And yeah. it's uh, because that scene that he comes in and he's talking to him. He's, yeah. he says, "Yo, man, how much you pay for it?" And he, and he's like yeah. rubbing it. And um, is is it just me or do you think that whole like the miners like the thing he has on his cell phone was totally made up? Like it's worth almost nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, like, I think they made that pretty clear, like in that scene too, when he's like, "I paid like it was like what, like a thousand or something like that." Yeah, like, no, a hundred thousand. I think he okay. said, "Yeah," because he said, "Yeah," because I'm only gonna make sixty five thousand dollars off of this. Oh right, and, yeah. Um, but he lies so much. Do you think yeah, that like he's still lying at that point? Like I don't it's know. really almost worthless. And I, and I think that's probably the what he's you yeah. know the part of his arc, you know, because he's he's trying to put it in this auction, and then he always think that people are like fucking him over then you realize he's the problem throughout yeah. the whole movie because yeah. they even have that scene where he sneaks into his apartment that he has with his girlfriend and you keep on thinking that she's going to have like somebody with him and that's why yeah. he's hiding in it and no she actually really likes him yeah and uh or his uh his friend who brings people in for watches mm-hmm. you think that he's fucking him over but it's really kevin garnett thinks this stone gives him magic powers yeah and uh it's the paranoia that he has in his own mind yeah and it's it's really fascinating yeah Do you think she really loved him because by the end i thought i thought like she only stuck around because she knew about his plan and so she knew like once he got the money she was like she was in a unique position to even if he did live at the end she was still going to take off with it oh yeah he dies at the end um <laughs> dude that that death was so unsettling oh, yeah, it's, it's so quick and it's un- unexpected and he's kind of like he's in the middle of like a celebration and it all of a sudden pop yeah. and i saw it coming because oh, they God, yeah. they reveal the gun like yeah. the for, gun and just they kept and that guy was playing it way too cool after like yeah no big deal yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and, and he kept on well i mean I guess they're the mob, but I mean, he kept on fucking those guys over the whole movie. Yeah, that Phil guy is pissed off. And teasing them, like, look at this. I got your money right here. I was shocked they killed Arno, though. That was like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, like. uh, But really, there's way more value in that store than there is what they won. So. It's also like. It'd be kind of irresponsible, the filmmakers, to let Adam Sandler win in the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, he kind of had to die, and so. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, I was like, "There's no way this is a feel-good movie. Like, <laughs> no, so, no, no, something no. bad's gonna happen." I, I mean, but I, I mean, when they, when I saw the trailer when it was released, how many months ago? I wouldn't have pegged that this is a movie where Adam Sandler dies within the first 15 minutes. I'm just like, this guy's not gonna live. I just wonder how it's gonna happen. And then, yeah, because they do play with you. Because at the end, he's like, "I'm gonna come back." I'm, you know, how much that next ring means to me, and yeah. um, you know, and then he wins. And I don't know. That's a good question about his. Girlfriend, I mean, she did get a tattoo on her ass, and she did go to great lengths to make sure she got the money. Yeah, at the end with that weird, like, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know who that character was. <laughs> yeah. like, he just pops up at the end. So. <laughs> Henry and I were talking about it over text, and he made a point that I he said it was obvious, and I it took me a minute to get it, which is like it's a movie about addiction. And he's, oh yeah, 100%. he's flat out like, and she's like enabling him way too much. And that's why I think I think Adam Sandler's best moment in the whole movie is um, the guys come in and is like, "You call her and get her back here and bring us the money." And he's looking at his, you know, he's deciding right there. I mean, that's his death sentence. Is he's deciding, yeah. am I going to save myself by giving? I mean, they never really say how much money he owes. Him, yeah. But I'm guessing it's not 165 grand. I mean, I, throughout the film, I thought it was like 30,000. Yeah, something like, like that. Because, yeah. you know, I, and and he can't do it. And I think he's so good in that moment because uh, you can see him being conflicted about calling her or hanging yeah. up and going through with a bet. And uh, it's great. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty wonderful. And even it's, like, it's, it's like going to like the addiction thing. It's like he said, I can't. Like, yeah, I can't. I have to let him. And even so. the part where he tries to be tough, he says, you come to my family. You know, that's yeah. my family. And then he runs away like a little bitch. And, yeah. Um, it just proves he's a horrible person in the movie. Mm. Um, yeah. No, it's. I. I don't know if I would say it's my like, like at. at I guess it's the best Adam Sandler role. It's not my favorite of his roles, oh, no, but this is like Gilmore. so fucking close to number one. It's scary because it's it's a it's a transformation, and like I've I've never seen any actor like this do, do overhaul this way in the last couple of years. You know, the so, only one that like comes to mind is Robert Pattinson from Good Time. Yeah, that's fair. No, I'll also so. say I think Robin Williams in One Hour Photo is that's, that's true. Good, is yeah. a good one too. That's kind of the same. Style where yeah. it's just really dark, and uh, Robin Williams is a comedian too who could do anything. Yeah, well, he was yeah, he trained actor too. Yeah. So like, but um, and actually, like Good Time, they both have their versions of anxiety. Well, but, yeah, it's like like I was, I was talking to you about like Good Time very much mimics the feeling of like a panic attack mm. and of like a heart attack almost. Whereas this film is a different form of anxiety. I think and this it's one, claustrophobic. This if claustro or like the the word that I used was like the feeling of drowning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, like that kind of idea. Like like there's no way to save yourself. Like the way I I mean yeah. Whereas Good Time, Good Time for me felt like an adrenaline shot. Yeah. This was just a misery fest and like my my heart was pounding the entire time for for sandler and for almost everybody around him just like how the fuck do we resolve this um yeah because i mean even his bet that he's gonna get the opening opening tip tip is oh, yeah. like oh yeah yeah yeah. like you could miss 26 things right off the bat mm. yeah and i and i there are funny moments in the movie but i did not find myself laughing no, throughout no. Much, i think there's the like movie at all. giggle moments no, yeah it's, the, it's why it's not for the golden globes because they submitted it as a comedy yeah and it's 100 not a comedy oh so. yeah, yeah but yep cool brad what did you think i think i covered it <laughs> uh yeah it's just like you said uh like you're drowning which yeah. it makes sense like if you have an addiction yeah you can't climb out of it that's what it probably feels like um yeah that's about it I, the music was interesting choice. They always have like weird people make their music. Yeah, this so. is their only movie I've seen of theirs. So yeah, it it was a good cue. Like that that end credit song. Like it's it's yeah. so poppy, and I was just like, I don't feel like dancing at all. Wait a wait a go, Safties. I wonder if that's really inside of Anne Sandler's colon that we got to watch yeah. for the opening of the movie. I just think it's like 
I just love that they're like, we're going to start on like space and like the inside of a gem and like gem mining in Africa. And it's going to transition into peeing up Adam Sandler's ass. (laughs) This whole movie is up his ass. (laughs) Oh, that was an observation I had. Like, and maybe I'm stretching it, but it feels like, I don't think this was intentional, but it feels like that's a character that Adam Sandler would have played in one of his goofy movies, but they took it very, very seriously. <laughs> like a gambler who finds a way to get over it somehow and wins the girl at the end, and instead, nope, boom, dead at the end. So, well, they've been like they've said that like they've had the script for this for over ten years, oh, okay. and they approached Adam Sandler for this like ten years ago. Oh, really? Uh, and like yeah. they've been trying to make this for years and years and years, but they no one would ever want to make it. Yeah, and he turned them down too. Yeah. Like they said, like. Uh, after they made Good Time, if Adam Sandler still wouldn't take it, they were going to have Sasha Baron Cohen do the uh, role. Oh, which really? He would have been good in it, <laughs> oh, too. Yeah. But like, uh, he would have been great in it, yeah. too. But, but not, I don't think it's the same as this. Yeah. Next week, we're doing Film Explosion 2019. Woo! Um, submit those lists. This year is over. Uh, fast. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.